United. We want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And we look forward to sharing with you the things that have Lord that the Lord have uh, laid on my heart to share. All right, we're going to ask Brother Garcia to come up and uh, say a prayer for us, to open us up in a word of prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you for everyone that's here today, and we thank you for this gathering. We thank you, Father, for uh, bringing everything together and, and using who you use to help with everything, Father. We ask that you will uh, please... Uh, be present today with your power, Father, that you will be magnified mightily, Father, that your word, Father, will be made clear. And uh, we ask that you will, uh, I pray, Father, that our hearts will, will be able to receive your word, Father, that whatever um, distractions might have uh, come beforehand, Father, we ask that you remove those things, Father, so that we can hear your word clearly. And we thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks. We do a sound. Can you hear me through the YouTube? Oh, really? Is, is this recording? It's recording? Okay. All right. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Jonah. Book of Jonah, and we're going to start reading chapter one. And uh, so we first want to say we thank God for being here in this location. Uh, God saw fit to bring us to Slidell, Louisiana to uh, share his word. We thank God also for this hotel and for uh, them being gracious to accommodate us in this place. And uh, we're grateful to the Lord for their service and for allowing us to use this facility to uh, speak what the Lord has for us to say today. 
I was just thinking back this morning. Um, so today is March 27th, right? And so I was, the Lord had brought to my remembrance this morning that it was 26 years and three days to the day that I was passing through this very same place when I told the Lord that from this day forward, I'm your preacher. 26 years and three months to the day that this has happened. And uh, it's something how the Lord brings things back full circle, see. 26 years and three days, uh, three, three months, I'm sorry, that this has happened. And when I told the Lord that, that from this day forward, I'm your preacher, uh, I had no idea what what all that meant. I understood from this day forward I'm, I'm going to preach just like what you called me to do, but I did not know uh, everything that came with that, the persecution uh, that goes along with that, which of course, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, the persecution, uh, the attacks that takes place with, from witches and warlocks, you know, from people that don't want to see God's word go forth and that have a problem with uh, living a, a new life. And sometimes that's the way it is. Um, when you take a stand for the Lord, uh, sometimes there will be attacks. Sometimes uh, people may not understand how God has you moving and how he, what he has you doing. Uh, but it's important that we don't turn around, that we don't turn our backs on God because things get a little tough. Uh, that's, that comes with the territory. When you begin to live for God, things begin to happen. And uh, when you make a decision to sell out to God, then the devil makes a decision to come for you and to try to uh, hinder what it is that God wants you to do. So today, if the Lord willing, uh, we're going to look at a, a man. Uh, who God had commissioned to do an assignment, and uh, that's all we read about him uh, in this Bible, you know, his name being mentioned, that he was supposed to go to a city and uh, speak some things that the Lord wanted him to say. So let's, let's start reading the chapter 1, verse 1. says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Now, we want you to pay close attention to that. Uh, he told Jonah to do three things. And these three things are very important for all of us as individuals, uh, as in, in our walk with the Lord. The first thing he told Jonah to do was to arise. Now again I say that every word that's in his Bible is in there for a reason. Uh, so for him, what does the word arise mean? Get up. That means, <laughs> how many of you have ever had a dream that you were laying down? Or that you were asleep? That, yeah, that, that's, what that's, that's what that means. In, in prophetic, you know, dreams. If you have a dream that you sleep, that, that's what it means. You may be wide awake doing your work around the house or working on a job, 
But if you dream you're sleeping or if you dream you're reclined or you dream that you are laying down, that means you're not doing what God have told you to do. So he told Jonah to arise. For him to tell Jonah to arise, that means Jonah was relaxed. Too relaxed. Does everybody understand that? So he told Jonah to arise. And that's what he does with all of us uh, when we, uh, he calls us all out of our slump, out of our slumber. He calls us all out of our sleep. That's, that's part of our salvation. Amen. You know, we didn't know we were asleep. We thought we were partying and having a good time out and living our own life and, and things like that. But then he comes to us and tells us, you ain't been living nothing. Arise, you see. So he told him to arise. Not only did he tell him to arise, but look, do you see the very next thing he tells him? Not just get up and get saved, Jonah. Get up and, you know, and, and pay attention to your walk with me. But what else does he do? He tells him where to go. Go where? To Nineveh. Now, I'm going to tell you, now, <laughs> are y'all listening? God don't tell people to get up without telling them where to go. Does everybody understand that? How many of you just, you sitting down in your chair, uh, you laying in the bed? What's the point of you getting up out of bed if you ain't got somewhere to go? What's the purpose of you getting up out of your chair if you ain't got somewhere to go? I have never gone to anybody's house ever in life, and I've been living for 46 years. I have never gone to anybody's house, and they just standing around. Never. Does everybody understand that? Have y'all ever seen that? No furniture in there? We just all arised? No, when you on your feet, you intending on going somewhere. But to, to believers today, this is far-fetched. God ain't going to tell you where to move. He ain't going to tell you nothing. And it's all throughout his word. Arise, Jonah, and go somewhere. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Arise, go to Nineveh. What kind of city? Does everybody understand? So in there, he's telling them, this is going to be a great task. This is not Derrida. Nineveh was about the size of New Orleans. Does everybody understand that? You, this is a great task ahead of you. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and do what? Do what now? So, you see, God's calling on all of our lives is threefold. Get up out of the slumber of sin. I'm going to tell you where to go. And when you get there, I'm going to tell you what to do. Does everybody understand that? And a lot of times, we get that backwards. We ain't, I ain't got to go to Nineveh. It's, you know, it's got sinners where I live at now. Everybody understand that? <laughs> now, we most of you you know the rest of this story. He don't want to. He don't want to go to Nineveh, and I think we've already covered why, because Nineveh was not part of Israel. Nineveh was a part of the of the of the uh, country Syria, Assyria, and they were enemies of Israel. So he didn't want to go there because in his mind, God is sending me to my death. God is sending me to my enemy. 
And then if you read in chapter 4, no, we won't, we're not going to go that far today. But if you read in chapter 4, he goes more into detail about why he didn't want to go. Because I knew you were a gracious God. You were sending me there to cry against them. But I know that you're merciful, and so to me, it was just a waste of my time. What, what was his real issue? He didn't want to see his enemies come into salvation. Because if they come to salvation, God might continue to use them to whoop us when we get out of hand. <laughs> Does everybody see that? And so you, you see all the dynamics here. So he tells him, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Does everybody see that? So you see the threefold there? The commission there. Arise, come out of sin. It's time for you to start living for me. Go to Nineveh. In other words, I'm going to tell you where to go. Now, th now, this is something. I'm telling you. This is something that so many believers have an issue with. They don't mind, you know, getting saved. Now, I'm going to tell you why that's very shallow when you're not willing to go all the way. Because most of the time, your salvation is based on your life being already jacked up anyway. It's easy to get saved when, it, when you when you tired of that old life. But let's see how saved you are when God tells you where to go. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> it's easy to arise out of poo-poo. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I am going to arise. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> but don't you tell me where to go, and don't you tell me what to do when I get there. So we, we bypass. So you, you see what came before his commission? What, you see what came before God told him what to do after to arise? Go to where I'm telling you to go. Because that's where you're going to be successful at. Does everybody understand that? Amen. So, you, you got, so let's look at it just from a, a preacher standpoint. Look at what he did in verse 3. But Jonah, did, what did he do? Rose up. He did the first part. But what was the second part? Fled. Does everybody understand that? Let me make this clear, and I hope we understand this. God could tell you to do something. I, and to me, it doesn't matter what God tells you to do. But if you're doing it in the wrong place, it's all for nothing. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, you doing the right thing in the wrong place, that's, that's all for nothing. And I'm telling you, it's, it's a lot of believers that's going to have to answer for that. They, and you, you wonder why you're not successful in, in, in things that the Lord wants you to do in this life. And that tells you why. Does everybody understand that? If you, you can be called to preach, you can be called to deliver people, you can be in a big city where everybody there need to be delivered. But if God didn't call you to that city... Nobody will be delivered. Does everybody understand that? So he said, verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. Does everybody see that? And, and what did he do? Look at how that says that. From the presence of the Lord. Isn't that something? I say, isn't that something? Now let's think about that. Is it, is it really possible, just naturally so, to flee from the presence of God? 
I think about that sometimes. Let's think about <clears throat> just naturally. So let's get our minds on, on something natural here. How long would it take you? Now, this earth is 25,000 miles around. If you go to the very middle of it and, and you could jog all around it, it's 25,000 miles. Now, how long does it take to run one mile? Most of, if, if any, there is a person and maybe a few people that have broke, have done the four-minute mile. One minute around that track. There are a few people that have done it. That, you know, they call it the four-minute mile. How many of you have heard of that? So let's say, for instance, we're all that fast, which we're not. <laughs> but let's pretend we are. Four minutes to run one mile. So what's four times 25,000? A hundred thousand. It would take you a hundred thousand minutes. So somebody calculate that for me. How many hours is that? What's a hundred thousand divided by sixty? Huh? Sixteen hundred and sixty-six. Does everybody see that? That's how many hours it would take. Divide that. How many? You said now. Divide that by 24. 694. So it would take you <laughs> almost two years if you could break the four-minute mile. It would, does everybody understand that? How many days is that? 694. So it would take you almost two years. Does everybody understand that? It would take you almost two years if you could break the four-minute mile. And I mean without stopping, without bathroom breaks. That's just running the whole time. It would take you almost two years to run all around this earth. Now, let's think about this. God said, who will build me a, a temple when the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool? God rests his feet on his earth. How are you going to run from the presence of God when his whole foot covers it? <laughs> if, you wanted, if you wanted to give God a natural size, if he rests his feet on his earth, it would take two years to get from one side of his foot to the other. <laughs> and he ain't even took a step. And you running from him? So is it possible? Naturally so. Is it possible to run from his presence? But let's look at how that says that now. Verse 3, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. Now here's what that means for you spiritually. God's presence for you is where he told you to be. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, his presence for you is where he tells you to be. Not just what he tell you to do, but what he tell you, where he tell you to be. Does everybody understand that? So if God have told me today, I want you to be in Slidell, Louisiana, preaching the gospel to these people, and I decide to be somewhere else, then I have fled from the presence of God. Does everybody understand that? Now, what happens when I flee the presence of God? Can I really run from him? 
All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. But verse 3, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going where? Now, isn't that something? Now, let's think about this spiritually, so what takes place. Everybody that flees from the presence of God has got a ship going exactly where you want to go. It's got somewhere. It, it, folks, I, folks open their doors up for you. They, they, girl, when you get tired of that cult, you come, you can come. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Yeah, the devil got boats. <laughs> He'll have your whole support system out of the presence of God. Does everybody understand that? He found a ship going to Tarshish, so what did he do? He paid the fare. There is a cost when you leave and when you flee the presence of God. There is a, you're going to pay. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> I say, do we understand that? There is a cost for being out of God's will. Does everybody understand? He paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Does everybody see that? But, now here's the kicker, the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty, mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be what? Broken. Now, oftentimes when people flee the presence of God, they ain't thinking about nobody but themselves. They're not thinking about family. They're not thinking about how it's going to affect their children. The children are paid. Does everybody understand that? They're not thinking about anything. I, I got my feelings hurt. God told me to do something I didn't want to do, and I, I feel like, you know, it's just, it's just too much to live a holy life, and so I'm going to flee. I'm not going to do what he's telling me to do. Now, isn't that something? Now, you know what happens with that. When you as a father begin to try to tell your children how to live and what to do, it, the devil that tempted you not to obey your heavenly father is going to be there to tempt them. Do they understand that? So he paid the price. Look what that says, verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind. In other words, now here's how you know when you're out of the will of God, when you fled from his presence. When do, Does everybody understand the, 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 what the wind represents? That means you're you going in a direction, but the wind is blowing against you. All of a sudden, now it takes more effort. Number one, you have to pay the fare. All of a sudden, God's grace ain't with you. Does everybody understand that? All of a sudden, it's harder. Things have gotten harder, and you don't understand why. That's how you know when you have fled the presence of God. I don't care how you're sitting in church somewhere. When you have to make, and then, you know, and then some people ain't got no sense at all. They ain't be out there just trying to work overtime to make stuff happen that was just automatically flowing when they were in God's will, and then blame it on God. Well, see, God is with me over here. Look at what that says there. The Lord sent out a great wind where? 
into the sea. In other words, God was against him. God made his life harder. Now, you, you know what the problem was. It, he wasn't the only one on that ship. Now, I'm telling you, I, I look out for stuff. I'm telling you from my own from my own life, I look out for stuff. If I know I'm in the will of God and stuff is it and I and I'm having to to lean into the wind to make it, then I know then it's somebody around me that's done played. It's somebody around me that ain't doing what God told him to do. Does everybody understand that? That I, I and I must be helping them along. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Yeah, everybody, since Joan ain't got enough sense to be where I told him to be, I'm going to mess up everybody's party. <laughs> Y'all going to all get to thinking, what, what in the world? Is, let's keep reading here. <laughs> but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. In other words, it looked like it was going to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. Does everybody see that? But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was what? Everybody else experiencing your junk. Jonah went to doing what he was doing in, in, in verse 1 and 2. Sleep. Your life will be all kind of turmoil and all kind of mess going on, and you don't know. And and but Jonah sleep. <laughs> he relaxing. Does everybody understand that? Jonah's the one that's asking you to help pay bills. Does everybody understand what I'm saying now? Yeah, God's hand is against Jonah, but because you keep helping Jonah. But because you keep allowing Jonah to get on your ship when God is trying to whip him or her, you're going to pay for it. It ain't going to flow the way it's supposed to flow. Does everybody understand that? Did y'all see that there now? So these mariners, they understood this is not normal. It must have been something that's, that was over the top. The, the Bible called them mariners. That means they were used to being out on, on that ship. So they were used to a little wind. They were used to the waves beating against the ship. But they understood it's, this, this is something more to this. It's some stuff going on in my life that wasn't going on before you showed up. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, old sleeper? <laughs> Why? Because I'm used to the turmoil. I'm used to being out outside of God's will. This is just my life. I'm used to the wind. Does everybody understand that? I say, does everybody understand that? Yes, that individual that bring all kind of turmoil to your life, and it ain't no big deal. I'm used to it. What are you crying about? Does everybody see? What mean is thou old sleeper? Do what? Does that sound familiar? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is, come up, is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon who? 
Jonah. And that's something. You think Jonah was going to volunteer? Does everybody understand that? He didn't tell him, look, y'all put your dice down. I know I'm the problem. Put your little rocks down. Y'all ain't got to cast lots. I'm the problem. No, he let them cast lots. They, those lots had to find Jonah first. Everybody understand that? Because Jonah ain't going to volunteer. He didn't volunteer to arise anyway. He wasn't, he, we don't read in, in the first part of this chapter, him on his knees praying, God, where will you send me today, Lord? I, wherever you tell me to go, Lord, I'll go. Wasn't none of that. God had to come to him. Does everybody understand that? So I'm trying to show you this relaxed believer's mindset. God should not have to come to you and tell you where to go. You ought to be asking God, Lord, where do you want me to go? You say you spared my life from a life of crime, from adultery, from fornication. You spared my life. You must have something you want me to do. That's, that's the life of a believer. You didn't, you didn't save my life for me to live it on my own. I didn't already, I didn't saw what I can do with it. <laughs> so now, what do you want me to do? I, I'll go where you want me to go. Does everybody understand that? Verse 8, then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? <laughs> and whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? Isn't that something now? They should have asked all those questions before they sold him a ticket. And I'm telling you, that's the questions we ought to ask people when all of a sudden they show up in our lives. And I mean in our natural life. Where you come from? Does everybody understand? What's, what's purpose? What, what are you doing? Are you fleeing from God? Am I going to get whipped because of you? Does everybody understand that? Verse 9, and he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? Does everybody see that? What did he do? He brought the wind with him. What was supposed to be an easy passage became tumultuous for them. Does everybody understand that? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Isn't that something? Now that's something that we have to ask ourselves as believers. When we see that there's a great tempest in our lives. Now listen, God have, have promised us a life of peace. Amen. I'm not saying everything's going to flow, you know, go exactly the way we want it to go. But when that, whatever it is, whatever valley God have us walking through, we can have peace in it. Amen. But when we lose, so that's what that wind represents, the loss of peace. When we lose that peace and when we lose the grace of God, in our lives to be able to flow the way that that God have called us to flow, 
what we have to ask ourselves is, what have I done? Who, who, listen, who is it that's in my life that's not supposed to be there? Does everybody understand that? You know the Bible says to be friend with the world is to be enemies with God. You think that's where that stops? To be friends with the world is to be enemies with God. Do you think that's where that stops? No, it, 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 it caps off with what we just read here. These people had other gods they were serving. They were having church service on that ship. And Jonah didn't mind being a part of it. Jonah didn't mind being around unbelievers. Just for the sake of what God is telling me to do, I don't want to do it. And Jonah and God is basically saying, it's time to let people go. That's in our lives that don't mean us any good. Does everybody understand that? Verse 13, nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Does everybody see that? That's what your friends will do for you. I'm talking about your worldly friends. They'll rope, man, we ain't going to give you a wing. Some believers might turn their back on you, but we ain't going to never. <laughs> Jonah knew what kind of God he was serving, even if he was fleeing from him. He understood. The only way y'all going to have peace is if y'all throw me overboard, because I'm the problem. Does everybody see that? Verse 14, wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Does everybody see that? Isn't that something now? Just that quick. I'm telling you, you pay attention to your life. Just pay attention to even before you came to the Lord, it was some Jonas in your life. Ain't didn't you were fine until they showed up. All of a sudden you're getting into fights, folks calling you on your phone, cussing you out that you don't know. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> some folks bring drama with them. Yeah, some and 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 they they love it. That's that's just life to them. Girl, I, I get cussed out all the time. It don't bother me. <laughs> then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now, verse 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and what? And that's something there. A lot of times when we think about fish, when we think about this great fish, the Bible says that God prepared this great fish. Sometimes when we think about this great fish that the Lord prepared, we think about it as punishment. Him being out there in all that water, trying to drink it all up to keep from drowning, that would have been punishment. The fish was prepared to spare Jonah's life. 
Other than that, he would have drowned. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and that's the way we have to think of it. Sometimes the stuff we go through because of our own disobedience, it ain't God whipping us. It's him sparing our lives. Amen. So you heard me say at the beginning of this message, it was 26 years and three months ago that I was passing through this town. And when I told the Lord from this day forward, I'm your preacher. I was on my way to jail. So when I'm in there, I'm in there with a bunch of good guys. Not guys that have done wrong. You know, some of them have killed and things like that. But I thought, like, in, in, in their hearts, I know that they're, they're not savages. They're not animals. They just had a bad stroke of just things happened and just set them on the wrong path. And, you know, and a lot of them were trying to win their freedom and trying to get freed, you know, through technicalities or whatever. And, and I began to pray because, and some of them were in there, some of them were innocent. Uh, a, a lot of them were innocent. You know, I, I, you know, I could tell, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't do what they're accusing you of doing. So I asked the Lord, Lord, why? All these seem like good people. Why are they in this prison? And Lord, then the Lord said, this is the great fish that I prepared for them. If I left them out there on the street, they'd have been dead. Do they understand that? And so sometimes we get mad because we feel like we're on a timeout because God's got us cooped up somewhere. Or because we didn't get this job or because this relationship didn't work out. And the whole time it was God that prepared the tumult. How many of you ever prayed, Lord, don't let this person leave me. Lord, please help make this relationship work. Make them love me the way that I love them. <laughs> if God had allowed us to get our way, we wouldn't be married to the people we're married to now. And if God had allowed us to get our way, we'd have been married to the wrong person. That would have had us suicidal every day. Does everybody understand that? So sometimes what you think is a heartbreak and God, I can't believe you didn't let me get in my way. God is saying, be quiet. <laughs> I can't help that you're not a prophet and you don't know the future. But I'm telling you, I was saving you from a whole lot of junk. You think you went through something in them little two weeks y'all were together. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So that great fish was Jonah's salvation. Isn't that something? Amen. That was his salvation. Now, of course, you know as well as I do, this is a picture of the salvation of Jesus Christ. We would not have been saved if Jesus Christ hadn't went, and went into the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Amen. The Lord going into his great fish was our salvation. Yes, Does everybody understand that? So let's... Now, let's think about this. It, it, it wasn't a comfortable thing. But here's the way you have to think of it. What's more comfortable? Letting a fish do all your swimming and just being on the inside of that? You know, the fish, the fish didn't have to learn how to swim. Does everybody understand that? The fish was already in his natural environment. That fish wasn't saying, oh, I'm sorry, Jonah. You know, I'm, I'm just starting out, you know. God had prepared something that already knew what to do in that environment, and it saved Jonah's life. And so all of your no's from God 
It's God's salvation from you, for you. Does everybody understand that? So the first thing we have to do is not be bitter against God because we heard no. Or because something didn't work out. Or because we didn't get a job that we wanted. Or whatever it was, whatever we thought our plans were, it was all by design to save us from ourselves. That's what it boiled down to. Does everybody understand that? this is the next thing I want to share before we close. I think about sometimes <clears throat> the, the uncertainty of things. Could you imagine? Nowhere in history do we read in the Bible where a man survived in a fish. You know, most of the time when you think about a fish swallowing out, you know a lot of times people call it a whale. That's not the biblical translation. The Bible says, you know, and scientists today will say, well, you know, a man can't live in a well, and if a well swallow a man, it's impossible. He, he won't live in there. But the Bible says God prepared a fish. And you don't know what kind of apartment God had put on the inside of that fish. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? That's the reason why the Bible says that. The Bible don't say he commanded a fish. He said he prepared And sometimes we're not aware, you know, I, I, I truly understand going into the unknown and how that's, that's not comfortable. God understands that. Uh, but I tell you what, I would rather have the peace of God knowing that I'm in his will than the fear of knowing I'm out of God's will, but at least I'm in my comfort zone. Can you really get in your comfort zone on the outside of God's will? No, you'll never be comfortable. I was thinking, of course, you know how the enemy has really been trying to come for my life. And uh, the other day, I, I had, uh, my wife and I, we were talking. And, I, you know, I was telling my wife the ambulance had come to get me and took me to the hospital. And, uh, she, of course, she couldn't get in the ambulance with me. Uh, and and uh, I remember um, thinking to myself that... Um, if it's my time, I'm fine with that. You know, that, that's just always my thought. I'm, I'm, to me, I, I'm always ready for heaven, except am I leaving behind something that's undone, you see? But then, so how many of you ever thought about that, what it, what it would be like to cross over? You know, when people leave this world, just in a snap of a finger, they go from this dimension to another one. And it's, it's a whole nother life. There is no Renee Bolden over there. So I'm, I'm going to have to get to know people. Does everybody understand that? And, and, and then not to, not to even uh, go down this road and to think about this idea that I'm going to see people that left before me. And I, I'm going to have to reestablish relationships with them. So you think, but you think about this, just this un- this uneasiness that can come with that. I, I was telling my wife the other day, I said, you know, before that happened the other day, 
I said, if the Lord had come to me and said, now, uh, Hawk, I'm, I'm about to take you home now. Now, this is me. This, you know I'm your savior. You know you're going to spend eternity with me, and I'm about to take you home. I, I, thought to, I told my wife, I said, it, it would have still been an uneasy thing. Just, just crossing over, knowing that oh, now I, I have to leave everybody else behind. Then I have to establish something completely different and new, in, in some other at some other address. In eternity, that's 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 not the easiest thing to think about. Does everybody understand that? But you know what? We know that that day is coming where it's going to be necessary. That even if we live until Jesus Christ come, come, we're going to be changing and twinkling of an eye, and we're going to have to get used to a new life. Does everybody understand that? We're going to have to get used to not having to walk everywhere. Ain't going to be no cars up there. That's, so, that's not the most comfortable thing. So here's what I'm saying. God, when we give our lives to him, he... he commands us to do certain things to get us used to what it would be like in heaven. Does everybody understand that? If you can't get out of your comfort zone here on earth, then how are you going to be prepared for heaven? You'll be one of those people laying on your deathbed hoping that you don't die. So then the question is, what's the purpose of getting saved? God didn't save you for this earth. Does everybody understand that? Amen. He saved you so you can spend an eternity with him. And we have to get used to that idea. And how do we get used to it? When God tells us to arise, go somewhere for my sake. Okay, God, because th this ain't this is all temporary anyway. Amen. I don't mind going because I this ain't this ain't my home anyway. Does everybody understand that? When he tells us to arise, we can listen. We're going to have to leave it behind anyway. Ain't no use in getting, getting used to all of this stuff. You see, this is all going to perish when the Lord come back. Does everybody understand that? So ain't no use in getting used to this. So God gets us to practice today. When he say arise, go to that great city and preach against it, cry out against it, whatever it, our commission is, whatever he tell us to do, we know, Lord, I'm going to do it because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here anyway. You didn't spare my life for me to live the life I want to live. That's what got me in the mess I was in to begin with. So I, I'm going to rise. I'm going to go where you're telling me to go. I'm not going to complain because this ain't our home anyway. Does everybody understand that? Now, I'm telling you, we have to accept that if we're going to live for the Lord. Don't be one of those people preaching in the wrong city. Nineveh needed salvation. Does everybody understand that? Don't be one of those people that think, well, you know what God called me? I can preach everywhere. I can preach anywhere. Who are you to tell God what he wants you to be? You can be living next door to 10,000 sinners. If, he, if God don't want you to preach to any of them, that ain't your business. Does everybody understand that? Because if you, listen, let me make this clear. If you're living next door to them, they ain't going to hear you anyway. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Yeah, your ministry is effective around people you don't know. People that don't know your past. Does everybody understand that? 
So it, it don't do us any good to run from God because we can't. Your two years ain't nothing but a footstep to God. Does everybody understand that? So you can't run from his presence. And so one of the saddest things I, I see sometimes in the lives of people, God gives a command. God tells us how to live and what to do. And I see people fight against that. And I see people bump their heads and make mistakes. And instead of repenting, they just rather, well, you know what, I'm going to find another way. There's got to be another way. I'm going to find another way. I'm going to do it. You know, I haven't tried this way. Now, here's the, here's the issue. The devil got a million things for you to try. He got a million things for you to try. There's only, God only has one thing. God only has one way. The devil got a million ways. And you'll live your whole life. You'll live your whole life trying to exhaust all the ways that the devil got for you to try. You'll live a disappointed life. You'll live a sad life because the whole time you're fighting against the wind of God. Or you could just do it God's way. Quit running from God and just do it his way. Does everybody understand that? I see people even in marriages, you know, uh, you, they're going to do everything but what, God, what the Bible tells them to do. I, I ain't got to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I ain't got, we submit to each other. Somebody miserable. I don't care how many vacations you go on, somebody is miserable. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so our only hope is doing it God's way. Jonah, Jonah wouldn't listen. Jonah didn't get on that ship to preach to them people. No, he didn't. He got on that ship to flee from God. Now, that shows you ultimately where it leads to when we disobey God in one area. You ain't going to be doing nothing. Does everybody understand that? And let me make this clear just in case we don't know just yet. If you're not running to God, you're running away from him. If you're not running to them, you're running away from them. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you that needs to be our, our prayer on a daily basis. I don't want God to come and tell me where to go. I want to ask the Lord, Lord, where do you want me to go? What, I'm available. Amen. When you think about your whole life, you think about when it all, when you boil it all down, what does your life mean if you haven't done anything from, for God? What have you accomplished? How many of you are going to ever be more famous than Michael Jackson? Are they having parades for him every day? You can entertain this whole world. People can bow down and worship you like a god only for you to die and have to answer to him. And people, they, what, they sung his songs for a few days after he died? Some people put on their little white glove and went out in the street and danced. <laughs> after that, then what? It is appointed to man once to die. After death, the judgment. And that man entertained the whole world, had the whole world loving on him. Still had to answer to God. 
And I can't say where he went. I'm not, that's not, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm just telling you, I don't care how famous you get. I don't care what you've done in this world. It means absolutely nothing if it wasn't done for God's sake. Does everybody understand that? You can get the biggest name. People forget about you in a few days. That's life. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, that's life. So then the old people used to say when I was growing up, only what you do for Christ will last. The question is not how many hit songs you had, how many people knew your name, and how many people wanted your autograph. The, when it's all said and done, and when you're standing before God, the question is going to be, how many souls did I help get into this place? How many souls did I help to get to know Christ and come into heaven where I'm about to go? Does everybody understand that? That's, that's what counts. Not just your life, but the lives of others. Everybody understand? All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word that you've spoke to us today. God, we ask that you will allow these things to sink deep down into our hearts, Lord. Help us not to forget the things we've heard, Lord. God, I pray that you will trouble our hearts if, if there's anything contrary in our lives, Lord, that we've heard today. Help us not to try to run from your presence, but help us to run to you, Lord, because we know that you've called us out of, out of darkness and into your marvelous light. So we thank you, Lord, for loving us to, to call us out of sin, to call us out of our previous lives, Lord, to call us out of the death that we were living in. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes and opening our understanding. And, Lord, we pray this day, and we ask you, what will you have us to do? Where will you have us to go, Lord? And what will you have us to do once we get there? Our lives belong to you, Lord. And we ask that you will use us in any way you see fit. And, Lord, help us to be in a place where we are making ourselves available to you, Lord. Because we know that when you saved us, you became our master. And we have yielded ourselves to you. Forgive us for those times, Lord, that we were selfish and not wanting to obey you. Forgive us, Lord, for those times that we chose convenience and compromise over obedience. Help us, Lord, to not only live for ourselves, but live for others as well. To be who you've called us to be so that we can bring glory to your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If the Lord will, today, we're planning on baptizing our dear brother. And uh, we look forward to that. And we pray that if you have not already, that you all will greet him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. If that's all now, we'll go ahead and uh, close out this service.